Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to How Are You The Wellbeing Podcast. This week's guest, I'm so excited to get to know. Um, I want to know so much more about her. It's the amazing Katie Meehan. So I say, I keep, I always say to my guests, have I said your name right? Whatever. On, I, I found out recently that I've been saying my name wrong before, like 25 oh, years. So okay, I feel better now. <laughs> so you're a beauty blogger. You're a digital ambassador for the Princess Trust. You've won awards. You are big into your fashion. Um, you're all about inclusivity. I love how passionate you are about so many different topics. I can't wait to find out more about you. Yeah, I'm excited. So first and foremost, how are you feeling, Katie? It's been a crazy year. Yeah, it's been difficult, hasn't it? I'm fine, though. I think I moved to London a few months ago, so it's kind of like broken up a little bit of the monotony of everyday life which is nice. Yeah, do you know what? I've just moved, I moved in November and I do think that kind of made some, a bit exciting because it was like an event, but I am starting to feel a bit bored again and a bit flat, but you know, this podcast is keeping me going and seeing my guest faces and listening to their journeys. It's always very inspiring. I did think when I asked you how you were that you would say you're okay. And the reason why I thought that you would be okay is because (laughs) you've gone through quite a lot from a young age, um, which we'll talk more about. And therefore I feel like you're quite well equipped for like facing hurdles and obstacles. You seem like such a strong minded woman Um, And that's what drew me to you on social media. Do you think that what you've gone through growing up has helped you become a stronger person? Yeah, definitely. I think everything that I've gone through has given me such a different outlook on life sometimes. And don't get me wrong, like lockdown has been incredibly difficult. And I've definitely struggled having some of the, you know, I came into this lockdown at 23 and I'm probably going to come out of this at 26 so it's like oh my goodness that's such a huge chunk of my 20s gone um so it definitely hasn't been easy but I think I've learned how to find beauty in the little things and you know I'm no stranger to being cooped up at home because when I was younger quite a lot of my childhood was spent at home recovering from surgery so my body's kind of used to it so tell us a little bit more about um the younger Katie and what you know growing up and cystic hygroma isn't it yeah so I was born with a facial disfigurement called cystic hygroma and it affects the lymphatic system 
um, which means for me that I have cysts in my mouth on the left-hand side of my face. And when I was younger, my tongue didn't fit in my mouth. Like it was extremely gross. It's not a nice condition to live with. There's a lot of blood and swelling and pain. So I had a lot of surgery, which unfortunately wasn't on the NHS. And it meant that my whole community of South Shields in the northeast of England rallied round to raise quite a lot of money for me at a young age. And I, without that sense of community and those people around me, I can't imagine who I would be today. Not only would I probably be very ill, um, but I also think that it shaped me and shown me that there is just so many incredible people in the world out there ready to help you. And I want to be one of those people. You know, I want to be somebody that gives back. And I see that as a huge opportunity to just become hopefully a good person. Uh, I am pretty sure that you are a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> especially when your patience is tested and, you know, I yeah, find, I find, with, I find with social media as well that like when there are mean people on there, it can... You, you try to not let it bring out the worst in you, but sometimes you can't help if they catch you on a bad day. Like, do you find social media yeah. more more of a positive place or or what's your, what's your feels on social media? I think I'm very lucky with the audience that I have curated. Like, I am very quick to delete people from following me or kind of, you know, remove people from that little circle if I feel as though they're not, kind of gonna add to anything and I know that I have the type of relationship with my followers where you know if they're struggling I will just you know ask them for their address and drop a takeaway off at their house like that's just I want to cheer people up and I want to give back and I think a huge thing with the influencer community is a lot of influencers feel as though they give so much but they actually don't they don't realize how much that their audience gives to them like they have afforded me to move to London and to live my dream life and I want to give back as much as I can and if that's just making someone's day with something small then I'm gonna do it um, and I think the internet can be a wonderful place every single one of my friends that I'm closest to I've met on the internet and they're my best friends. And I just think it allows us to connect with people on such a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And you know what? I've never thought about that whole influencer thing where I think the pandemic's probably highlighted it a little little bit for all for some influencers, because I, I hate to put us all in the same um mm-hmm. bracket. Um but I do, I think it has shown how much influencers think they're hard, can be hard done by, or, you know, like they, they do like the hardest job in the world and maybe they're slightly out of touch, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I guess it, you, they create, create a little bubble for themselves where, you know, they feel maybe the content they're creating is so valuable to the consumer and actually without their followers, where would they be? You're so right. One thing that I say often is that influencers work hard but the work isn't hard you know what we do it isn't difficult we're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go work on the front line at the NHS we're not building houses we're not you know doing manual labor we can get up at 10 o'clock if we want to and just hi guys like how are you doing when half of our audience are at work and I don't want to be 
tone deaf in that aspect and I've recognized my privilege and I think it's important to not run away with that and pretend as though what we do is you know we're not frontline workers we're not what we do is important but it's not the world would tick if the the world would survive if we didn't have influencers we're not essential workers right <laughs> we're not key workers yeah i didn't want to say that but no <laughs> Do you know what? My role as a mum is definitely a lot harder than my role as an influencer. And um, and my mum said to me the other day, Connie, you're stressed. And I said, but, but I don't feel stressed, mum, because I'm not stressed. I'm busy because I've got a lot of work going on, which is amazing. And I love my job. I'm not stressed. It's just like you say, it's not hard work. We just work hard, you know, to get gain the followers and to create the content. Yeah. But you're, you're absolutely right. I love that. Um, God, that is such an amazing quote. You need to, you need to like, I don't know, copyright <laughs> it. <laughs> you can steal it, don't worry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I want to talk more about social media and body image and cancel culture because you talked about that the other day and we will get onto that. But firstly, going back to um, your facial disfigurement, now you've had that operation, does that mean you no longer have that condition or... Um, what, where, where are you at now with it? So I am in kind of the bracket of where I pass is sort of like, I hate this word, but like normal looking. So I still have this disfigurement. I still swell sometimes. Um, it's triggered a lot by the common cold. So if I get any um, cold, that will make my uh, face swell up. And it's such a rare condition that we don't really know where it could go. I mean, I could wake up tomorrow and have to be rushed into surgery. Like there's no knowing what's going to happen. And for a long time, I did think that I was finished with surgery. And, you know, I struggled a lot with guilt around wanting more surgery because I'd spent so much of my life in the media talking about how I was happy with how I am. And I thought that meant that I could never change anything about myself ever again. But that's something over the past few months that I've kind of realized isn't isn't right. Um, and I, I think I would like a little bit more surgery just on a, a few little, little bits and nobody would even notice that I've had it done, but I would and I think that's what makes the difference. But yeah, it's definitely still here. Um, I wish it wasn't, but it, it it's it's odd because it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, but also, you know hard to deal with sometimes yeah it must come with its challenges um and how has it affected your confidence um like body image and things like that I think it's definitely a double-edged sword a lot of the time because it has afforded me so many opportunities you know when I look back on my life I didn't have a normal childhood when I was I think seven I met the queen and I was on the Jeremy Kyle show and Blue Peter and news of the world and like my childhood was just not normal at all but <laughs> it it kind of it kind of softened the blow a little bit of being stuck in hospital for most of it so it yeah it's it's interesting <laughs> and and now you're older do you and, and you're on social media we all have our days where we're just like, oh, I don't I feel I don't feel myself today. I feel ugly today. Do you ever have those days and how do you overcome them? I have those days like every other day, every oh. other day, especially in lockdown where I can't just go take myself to get my nails done or fix my hair or 
you know, go get my brows done, the little things that would usually make me feel a little bit better about myself, I can't really do that. So I think it's focused a lot of my attention on kind of battling it within me rather than trying to fix it externally, which is hard because it does have to get worse to get better sometimes. But I think I am a lot more accepting now of my flaws and you know I look back to when I first started Instagram and I would photoshop my pictures to try and make myself look more normal and if I was swollen I would get rid of the swelling and things like that on my face and now now I just don't care like people see me as I am and I'm not I don't want to pretend to be someone that I'm not because it's just a exhausting trying to keep up with it and b I don't want to lie to people. I don't think that my followers deserve to be lied to because they're so honest with me and we have such a lovely relationship that, you know, I wouldn't want them to think that I'm not presenting myself as I am. Yeah, no, that's really important. And that's a massive step in itself. And I, I think that a lot of people are feeling this in lockdown that we haven't got all our little pamper sessions that we can we usually have like oh my god I'm so desperate for a manicure and pedicure and my hair needs cutting and (laughs) all those things um so it has forced us to look deeper and dig deeper and uh like you say it can sometimes get worse get better and I've definitely found that like I've I've gone back to like comfort eating and you know chocoholic over here and all those things a food brings me so much joy but I kind of take it too far sometimes and get into bad habits but it it's good to recognize it and um to work on it I guess and I guess this pandemic's given a lot of people um the time to um yeah work on our inner self because I I used to I used to be a massive believer makeup gave you confidence and then I realized actually makeup's just the cherry on the top and confidence comes from within right Mm -hmm. oh definitely I mean I am obsessed with makeup I love it so much I'm not the best person you know people don't follow me for my makeup skills when there's just a million amazing makeup artists out there but I just I'm obsessed infatuated with it I always have been and the other day I looked in the mirror and I just for the first time I think quite possibly ever I thought you know what I actually am pretty without makeup like I don't care that I have spots yes my skin is horrible I'm going through that phase of retinol at the minute where it's just like the purge on my face (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just Honestly, anybody that's listening to this that's gone through retinol at the minute, you'll know the stage that I'm at and it's not it's not nice, but it, it's it'll get there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think being stuck at home and not putting makeup on every day, it's just it's got me used to what I actually look like. And yeah, the, the chocolate has been consumed. You should see my bank statement. It's just just eating delivery all the way down. <laughs> oh God, mine's like that even when there's not a pandemic, honestly. But yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of people are come, might be coming out of this feeling insecure, but hopefully they can listen to this um, and get some inspiration from you because now is a really good time for us to all um, get comfortable with, you know, what we look like without makeup, without our manicures and without our big blow dries and our spray tans. Um, just strip it back okay. and just start, 
sounds cheesy, but start loving ourselves for for who we are rather than what we look like. And the same for like who we follow on Instagram and all those things. And I actually recorded an episode with Sasha Polari yesterday and she's just worked with the ASA on the filter drop campaign. I'm sure you've seen it, Um, which is a huge step. Of course. Yeah. Incredible work. Yeah, such incredible work. She's so overwhelmed. But, you know, that's the first step in in uh, the right direction. Um, and I thought I thought you'd like that one. Um, so that was exciting to talk to her about that. And I just think I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, the pandemic is going to help everyone feel a little bit more comfortable in their own skin without all the frills and bows. Yeah, I hope so. And I think the step that the ASA are taking right now by doing this, it it leads so well into accountability, I think, because, you know, we can't keep letting people get away with advertising products with heavy filters on themselves because it's it's not, you know, you can't do that on a TV advert. So why are influencers able to do it? It's just blatant lying. And I think, you know, we we live in a world now where if you do anything wrong, the first thing that people do is shout, be kind and it's difficult because you know the the whole cancel culture thing I think sometimes I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion with it but I do think we need it and I think people use the cancel culture as a way to just get away with whatever they want and being able to hold influencers accountable and not let them get away with you know falsely advertising products it's just incredible it's such a huge step and I'm so proud. Yeah, me too. And I hadn't heard of cancel culture. Um, well, I heard a few people say it and then you were talking about it. Um, and I was like, this is so true. And basically anyone listening that doesn't know what cancel culture is, correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, but basically it's when someone does something wrong, but they use, uh, I don't know, something like, oh, you need to be kind as a as an excuse I don't you explain what it means because I'm going to get it wrong I know what it means in my (laughs) head but I feel like I'm just rambling yeah no you hit the nail on the head there really cancel culture is when somebody does something wrong and the whole internet jumps up and piles on them and tries to get their whole um career removed but in the end all they really achieve is a little bit of drama and the person ultimately gets away with it because they cry about it on an apology video on YouTube, <laughs> how many of those have we watched? And then the cycle just repeats itself and then problematic people get even more problematic and then nobody's ever held accountable for anything. And I just think it's so damaging the way that it is. And, you know, there's so many YouTubers out there with millions of followers and you just look at them and you're like, how can you get away with continuously doing this? And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to name drop here, okay? And I was so disappointed when I watched a video from Nikki Tutorials. And she is incredible. She's so talented. And she done this video and it was her doing her makeup. And then she was sponsored by Facetune. And she just admitted that most of her photos on Instagram where she's shown eyeshadow, all of the eyeshadow is Facetuned. So she's selling millions of pounds worth of palettes going, oh my God, this is so pigmented. And then the media that you're actually consuming 
she's changed the color of the eyeshadow she's blended it and they all do it and it's just like you know it just makes me think of all of the it makes me think you know of 12 year old Katie sat there in her bedroom trying to do eye makeup wondering why it does not look like Instagram but Instagram doesn't look like Instagram like it's not real and you know there's people here and she I think she has like over 10 million followers and it's just it upsets me because people deserve better they really do and you know it's just gonna get worse and worse until something can actually be done about it life is full of what-ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Gosh, that is insane. I didn't even know it was to that extreme. And I'm a a makeup artist by trade. And it actually, seeing makeup artists are way better than me, by the way. I'm self-taught, so I'm not like properly trained or anything. But it used to make me feel like I was such a bad makeup artist. And I didn't Mm -hmm. didn't actually know that. I did think, gosh, no, it can't. No one is like that flawless. Bloody hell, surely not. But it used to... Especially with the 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 liquid liner, you know, like how liquid liner is so hard to do, and then you just see it on these pictures, and you're like, <laughs> how, how? Now I know how. But um, yeah, I agree with you. I used, <laughs> I, I I used to call people out for like advertising Boombod and um, Booty and all the diet products, and then I stopped doing it because I felt like, oh, maybe I'm being a troll, you know. But really, like you say. I was just holding them accountable. I was saying, this is not okay. You've been warned like more than four or five times that what you're advertising is so damaging for your followers. It's unhealthy. There's girls getting rushed to hospital from allergic reactions or it's affecting their digestive system, their metabolism, all these things. And you're still promoting it. And I stopped doing it because I was like, oh no, I don't want to stoop low and, and be a troll. But I'm passionate about that whole fad diet, diet culture thing and Mm -hmm. um I was I felt like I was using 
you know, my following to do something responsible. And now I, I've learned about cancel culture. I don't feel bad anymore because what I was doing was right. And you're, and you're so right. It's like turn on the tears, yeah. accuse everyone of bullying you. And then therefore it's forgotten about and everyone has to be kind when rather actually the person needs to hold their hands up and say, do you know what? This is wrong. I'm really sorry. I've made a huge mistake and I'm not going to do it again. That take, that's, that's the bigger person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I totally agree with you. I think cancel culture is getting out of hand and people need to be held accountable for their filtering, their editing, their face tuning, their irresponsible posting of products, of promoting anorexia, which apparently is all over TikTok at the moment, which is mental. Um, gosh, look at me getting all passionate. Yeah, but crazy. yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, Katie. And I <laughs> and and I and I, I'm also for being kind, but sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind. Definitely. And I think, you know, what makes me upset is that these people that are photoshopping themselves and, you know, like Nikki tutorials when she's photoshopping her um, eye makeup, she is so insanely talented. She does not need to do that. It's not, you know, nothing's perfect. And I know that it's because there's such fierce competition out there of who can be the best and who's relevant and whatever. But I think as an influencer, as soon as you take yourself out of that running and as soon as you stop trying to be relevant and trying to be perfect, then that's when you truly enjoy what you do. Because, you know, I go on stories some days and I look like an absolute steak. And I'm like, you know, I've got greasy hair or I just can't be bothered. And I'm wearing gym pants and probably haven't got changed out my pajamas all day. But you know, neither of probably half the people that are watching me, you know, we're not perfect. We're just people. Exactly. I think, I think what's happened as well is that people with a following, it it gets to their head. They feel really powerful. Uh, They feel like they can say and do anything and, you know, their following is going to stick by them. But I think one day it's not going to be the case. I think I think I'm hoping consumers become smarter, you know, um, and I hope that ASA yeah step in, and I hope that these people with a massive following realise the responsibility that they've got. So fingers crossed, but I think it's moving in the right yeah. direction. Um, so speaking of opportunities and amazing influencers, tell us about your role with the Princess Trust. I'm really interested in this. It sounds fabulous. Oh, it is one of the greatest opportunities that I've ever, ever had. Um, I'm so thankful for them. So if you don't already know, the Prince's Trust are a charity. It's Prince Charles's charity, and it helps young people with education and enterprise and, you know, work opportunities. And if, you know, if you're listening to this and you think you're you need any one of those things, please go check them out because they are there to help you. They do social media workshops. They do, well, to be fair, any workshops under the sun they they have and it's all free and they help you get a job. And for me, education is always something that has been so important to me. I struggled a lot when I was younger because the things that that I was interested in was always shunned at school. You know, I was told off for being on Facebook too much and you know told off for wearing makeup and I wasn't allowed to really express myself and then when I found the internet 
everything just kind of fell into place and it was honestly I feel like I was born to do this job sometimes and the Prince's Trust is you know I see a lot of people that use that service that remind me so much of myself at that age that are just lost and need a little bit of help and support and to be able to be a digital ambassador for them and share what they do online and take part in their campaigns and share their message is just incredible and the thought of you know even just one person going and changing their life and taking that opportunity is just more than I could ever dream of using my platform for. So what does a digital ambassador entail? So at the moment it is all taking a little bit of a pause due to COVID and whatnot and changing roles and things like that you know how it works (laughs) Um, but we we kind of we go and film with them and we do motivational messages and we one thing that I'm looking forward to doing in the future is I'm going to be hosting my own social media masterclass hopefully and doing talks on being an influencer and I went into Newcastle and we'd done me and my friend Demi and Kate we'd done a social media talk and it was great and we we made friends and it, it's just wonderful being able to to help people and give them tips from people that are the same age as them rather than you know just trying to rely on somebody that you might not relate to mm-hmm. and what like I've heard that being an influencer or a YouTuber is like the most popular career role that young people aspire to be what are your thoughts on that I think I think it's cruel to tell someone to not do it just because it's not you know a conventional career when I was younger I used to watch a lot of Tanya Burr and Zoella and you know I Pixie Wu and Wayne Goss I absolutely adore Wayne Goss he's brilliant um, and I just thought to myself, oh, I'll never be able to do that. And I worked hard and I've got there. Like I'm able to sustain myself from this job. So if I can do it, who am I to tell anybody else that they can't? You know, I just think that if you want something badly enough and you're ready to work and you've got something that you want to focus on, there's no no reason why you shouldn't be able to achieve it. Absolutely. I I worry sometimes that the job we do is frowned upon or I never know what to write down when I'm asked what my occupation is. I'm always like, I always look at Ricky and go like, what do I say? (laughs) What do you put down? (laughs) You know, because I still think it's still not fully respected, maybe by the older generations. Um, If you say it to a younger person, they're like, are you how many followers do you have wow like my cousins are all my younger cousins are all a bit like oh wow but the older generation I still don't think they can get their head around it um and I think it also shows in the whole like war against ads like ads don't get as much engagement and people kind of can sometimes stick their nose up at it and oh it's an ad like it means she doesn't actually like it like gaining that respect from your followers um and that trust uh, takes a lot um but yeah I definitely still f- do find that it can often be not respected as much although uh, I love what I do yeah definitely and I think a lot of people don't realize how much work actually goes into being an influencer you know, the, the things that I'm studying a degree at the minute, um, I decided to, to go back, to, well, to go to university and move to London. 
and the amount you know, a lot of the the degree that I'm doing it's like content creation and we have to create a piece of content for a brand was our assignment and I just started laughing because I'm like there's so much that I've learned doing this that I didn't think I would ever learn and you know there's 300 people paying nine thousand pounds a year to learn this and I've been doing it for years and we we are such a wealth of knowledge and I think influencers don't get enough credit for how much we know and you know, we have to liaise with PRs, we have to create our own content, we have to be photographers, videographers, we have to do our taxes, we have to do, you know, our own PR, and we have to reply to, to messages and do admin, and it's just such an endless job that it's not just one role, it's so many jobs in one, and we definitely don't get credit for, for how much we have to do, but I do think that without all of the little parts it definitely wouldn't make it as fun yeah I think that you're so right in that it's so it's like going back to what you said before about we it's not a hard job but we work hard you know Mm -hmm. it goes back to that we do work hard we we have to be multiple people and I think actually what being an influencer is it's like having your own tv show that's what I was trying to say it's like having you've got your own little channel and you're constantly creating entertainment for people you know, whatever that is. And that, that, mm-hmm. that's what essentially what it is. And I think people just think, you know, you just put up a picture or it depends what sort of influencer you are as well. Like, is there a, is there a long caption involved, you know, a blog maybe, or, you know, are you creating recipes, which takes a lot, you know, when I see like a food Instagram page and it's just constant, it's like one recipe after the other, like those um, people are like getting up first thing in the morning to get the perfect lighting and they're cooking like a roast dinner on a Tuesday morning to get the perfect picture for the perfect <laughs> yeah. recipe you know there's so much more into it and I guess um, I guess by talking about this people can understand like the the lengths people go to but again I want to stress that yeah it's it's not a, it's not a hard job we just have to work hard because you know I often I, I often feel guilty for saying, oh God, I'm really stressed or working really hard today when actually there's jobs out there like the NHS, for example, and nurses and doctors that are literally um, doing incredible work. So I always feel this little guilt trip to ever say that I feel stressed when I uh, my job's not stressful, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think we're allowed to feel stressed though. You know, every job, every element of life has parts of, of stress that we have to deal with and I don't think we should one thing that I really struggled with was was guilt and because I'm self-employed all of my friends kind of expect me to be able to just drop everything whenever because I can but I've done that for way too long and I ended up just really damaging myself with it because I would end up making myself more stressed because of like yeah I can put this Instagram picture off and go out for a coffee because they're free you know they've took the day off work or whatever and I'm like well no Katie <laughs> you can't do that anymore so it, it's definitely a learning curve being self-employed and it's hard to put your focus on everything and I think because our lives are so intertwined with what we do as well it's very hard to keep the the balance between work and influencer life because 99% of the time they are the same thing anyway you don't switch off sometimes I feel like I'm I work 24 7 because if I'm I'll be in bed and I'll be like right I'm gonna 
watch MasterChef or Grand Designs or something. I don't know because uh, I've watched everything on Netflix now. So I've gone back to <laughs> back to basics with <laughs> MasterChef. Anyway, and I'll end up picking up my phone, opening Instagram because it's just a habit. And then I'm going through all my DMs and replying to people and it's half 10 at night and I'm doing customer service essentially. Yeah. And you don't switch off. So you are right. Yeah, like I am entitled point. to feel like there's no switch off button. I'm a bit drained from it. I love all my followers and I want to reply to everyone. But it can be emotionally draining. Like my eyes are heavy right now because it's full on. Um, mm-hmm. And I used to be like you. I used to drop things. And my content really suffered f- because of it as well. And I think my mm-hmm. family, because m- my aunties and everyone, when I lived at my mum's, we live on a cul-de-sac. There's loads um, three aunties and my nana granddad we all live really close and they used to see me every day like you know walking up and down or I don't know with Macy or they could hear us in the garden and I think a lot of my family thought like what does she even do for a living like is she even you know how is she paying for her car like because it just to them seemed like (laughs) I didn't have a job you know it's such a weird one it's such a strange one um but I'm so glad I don't feel alone there. Like speaking to you about it, um, it's made me feel a little bit better and a little less guilty for actually enjoying my job and not, you know, and and admitting that it can get a bit much sometimes, even though I do really enjoy what I do. Yeah, definitely. And I think because the nature of what we do on Instagram and how personal it is, we do get a lot of people coming to us. I'm sure you're the same. Um, the other day I posted something about grief and how I was struggling that day with the loss of a loved one and how I felt guilty for four years later still struggling with that but actually it's okay and I do feel as though there's a lot of shame around grief and how people should just be over things very quickly and I just I just wanted to share that in a fleeting moment to let people know why I was a little bit quiet that day and my messages were flooded with people telling me about their loved ones that they had lost and it warmed my heart so much that they trusted me enough to with that information, but it also just broke my heart as well that so many people have to go through this. And, you know, it is a lot sometimes to have to take that on from other people, but it is just beautiful really that they they like me enough to confide in me and want to talk about it. I think sharing memories of loved ones is just such a, a, a wonderful thing. For sure. And credit to you for creating um, a, a page or yeah, a platform that people feel that comfortable and they can talk to you. Because like I said before, each influencer and each person's page is different. Like you might only go to someone for fashion, you know, but to create a page where people can go to express their feelings and to talk and to get things off their chest is a really special one. Um, so credit to you. Um, do you have any tips to for anyone listening who uh, wants to be an influencer? Um, like, th- give me three tips on starting up your Instagram. What advice you would give anyone listening? I think the first piece of advice would definitely be think about the content that you consume and think about the content that you love to watch and make that. Make content that you would consume yourself. Don't do what you think people want to see do what you want to watch and that's something that honestly has took me so long to learn and I wish I knew that you know three years ago because I think I would be in a completely different position um 
And two, please don't get caught up in the numbers. If you are creating content that is, you know, watchable and enjoyable, then it really shouldn't matter how many followers you have. And they they will come eventually. It might take a while. Um, but in the end, it is definitely worth it. And for number three, I think it would be invest in your equipment definitely for me a lot of brands come to me because I put a lot of thought and time into my photographs and my content and I really take pleasure out of filming them and that's something that brands look for a lot I think is content that is visually stunning as well as has a message behind it Amazing. They're great tips. Um, so I end every episode with um, asking the guest what piece of advice they would give their younger self. So what piece of advice would that be? Oh, that's a difficult one. I think the piece of advice that I would give to my younger self is don't put things off. I am so bad at saving a piece of content for the right time or not doing something because it's not the right time. And then all those moments pass me by and then here we are a few years later and I still haven't done the thing that I wanted to do and I'm, it's hard it's hard to be like that and it's difficult to work on it but I wish I could go back a few years and work on that a little bit earlier oh well you still got time never you know it's never too late yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not too old yet <laughs> But you're right though, you should just go for it, shouldn't you, in the moment and just embrace it and just, you know, life's too short. Yeah, carpe diem it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. It was so great to talk about your journey to feeling more confident and to being such a fabulous person. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. You're my first podcast too. Oh, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> I loved it. It was brilliant. (laughs) Oh, good. Thanks, Katie. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe and maybe share with a friend if you think they'd enjoy the podcast too. Thanks again for listening to How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. Lots of love. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.